Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the One Hour Live webinar session brought to you by KCLaw.com. This is going to be a live interview with um, Amelia Hong, who is the author of In Outcome, so which is a financial planning book, or you can say it's a yeah, it's a personal finance book where I actually grab a copy of this book in a popular bookstores. So here we are going to just discuss some of the best ideas that I personally gather in the book. Pretty well written book though. And uh, I believe all of you guys should actually get a copy of it. But uh, there's a few ways that you guys can actually participate. So the first one is that if you have any questions along the way that you may want to post directly to Amelia, please feel free to post your questions in the Q&A box. And of course, if you wish to interact with us, then of course you can actually use the chat box. Alright, so comments in the chat box, questions in the Q&A box, okay? And I will be moderating the Q&A session right after this live interview, okay? So I'm going to just share my screen because uh, I'll, I'm the one who is preparing the slides today. It is actually not so for most of our, our webinars. But since this is a live interview, so I'm the one who is coming out with the question. So therefore, slides on me. Okay, so this is actually the front cover of Amelia's book, which is In Outcome. And this would be the third edition. Yep. So as you can see over here, fully revised and updated third edition of In Outcome. So last time, I believe the earlier edition would be in green color, right? That's the... That's right. Yes, now there's a change of color. Now it's blue. So let's hope that um, it... I hope that the book actually sell well, but uh, let's but let's see. Um, in live interview with Amelia Hong. Now, before I get the interview right away, there's a few disclaimers. Number one, of course, everything that we share here in this interview would be just for sharing and educational purposes. And... Uh, if you find that um, anything that is useful, you can use it. Uh, you somehow benefited from it. Very good. Uh, we are very happy for you, but we won't take, we, we won't actually take any commission from you. But of course, if you kind of like incur any losses from anything that has been shared, um, although it's well intent, then uh, you take 100% responsibility for that losses. Okay, so which means 100% profits yours. 100% losses is actually your responsibility. Alright, so that's the disclaimer. And right now, let's get the live interview right away. So, first, so of course, before we discuss the best ideas in the book, just want to know, um, Amelia, in terms of your personal background, so could you actually share very briefly what was it like growing up for you, personally? Maybe yeah. you can be in the financial sense. Financial, okay, so maybe before yeah. that, because you said that you hope that my book would be doing well, I have to say it has. Uh, I've been on number one, top one uh, of MPH uh, um, finance, business and finance list. I've been on the top 10 for a pretty long time. So yes, I think Malaysians find this book refreshing because it's for Malaysians. It's not written by, well, uh, you know, a white guy somewhere in the US that does not understand how we interact and how we grow up. So then back to growing up, uh, for me, I was, I had a sick mother since I was six years old and watching her deteriorate 
to the point where she can't walk and I have to be a caregiver was unfortunately horrifying. And so my my memories was that I would uh, maybe in, interesting for you guys is I would walk to the market and I remembered uh, picking up some vegetables that was on the floor because that was free and uh, we just watched that and eat them. Uh, of course we, we bought some other stuff as well. Uh, I had to manage quite a little bit of money when I was young because my father was just way too busy working trying to get enough money to pay for my mother and of course I grew up pretty quickly. I didn't have much of a childhood. I didn't play. I went to school, came back and took care of my mom. My mom. Yeah, so that was what it's like uh, growing up for me, which then of course made me realize a lot of things about finances that you know it's a harsh reality a slap in the face uh i wasn't protected i was extremely vulnerable and that, that i think was an impetus for me to come into this field even though i had no plans to come into this field whatsoever i did a normal thing i finished from six i went to university ukm i did economics i came out to work uh, and then i did my masters in nottingham and I came back to the workforce and then I decided to, I don't know, for, for some reason, started to invest a lot. So because I knew I had to take care of my money in many ways. And so, and then I found this field. But so what was it like growing up? Hard. Very, very hard. Yeah, but, uh, over to you, Ian. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, from your, I mean, who doesn't like to have a, childhood right but uh, I, I guess it's a bit unfortunate for you but the thing is that um, yeah from from your book I, I kind of like see that I kind of like read that um, you actually have a Bachelor in, of Economics from UKM and then mm-hmm. you have an MBA from Nottingham and then you are mm-hmm. in the and then you went into the financial services field and you did quite well for yourself I mean to say that is actually quite inspiring I, I think um, you did quite well for yourself lah. so that is actually a very inspiring story well, lah. thank you thank you so yeah, yeah I guess in this field I I have 20 people with me in my team at Finims so and mm-hmm. then we do the things that I they haven't much aligned to my vision about what people need to do in their lives to get to a better place actually. so so that was like you know you know we, we go through all the trauma in the past and it shapes who we are right and and I want to take those things that I went through and then this is my ministry to the world, so to speak. People ask me, what is my life's aim? And, and um, uh, some of you might have read this book. I had a very close encounter with death. And the th- learning and thinking about dying makes you want to do more stuff. You realize you don't have much time. It, it, you may think it's very, very long. But change in your heart and your mind when you know that you are going to die changes a person dramatically so yeah yep. thanks for getting me on board here again <laughs> no problem it's always my pleasure I mean to say um, you have actually been featured once at kclau.com it's mm-hmm. just that time la, it's timely for me to actually like bring you back la, after quite a number of years actually we should bring you back more more often than than what oh thank you thank you I'm yeah, available yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you thank you Ian Yes, yes, yes. So I mean to say we will cover your your life experiences um, shortly during this interview session. We'll keep that for the latter part. But right now, let's just focus on 
on the next question, which is actually on the book itself. So you came up with a book where the title is actually In Outcome. Um, maybe could you actually ex- um, maybe could you like elaborate or explain like what what why why this title In Outcome and also what inspired you to write this book? Right, the initial working title was Wealth Supplements, which is nice, but I had an issue with that name uh, with somebody else, and so I had to find another book, another title. And I wanted, I love this idea of like a one-word kind of name. Um, so some of the big authors, uh, which I like, uh, like Susan Cain, she wrote Fire. And, and all those kinds of really one word, they are very outstanding. So I wanted something that was one word. So I'm thinking about finances and thinking that the first thing you think about finance is your income, right? What you earn, because it's the most important thing. We don't earn anything, you don't know anything, you just stand rock, right? So income. So then, then I, I marry that with the word outcome. So what you do with your income greatly influences your financial outcome. So then I just like, you know, split one of the words out so it becomes in outcome. Yeah. So that's so that's that's the title. Um what inspired me to write this book? First talking uh to a friend, uh wait, let me see, a long, long time ago, uh, during my MBA days, friend and I, Wendy, went for a course uh by Service Fish Books about writing fiction. And I wanted to write and we all went out to one of the homes was to go out for a couple of hours and observe people and write and come back and share that story. So while I was sharing the story, I could see the faces of my friend or the group and, and also Raman, which is the, the person that was hosting the session. It was, they were like in horror. They're like, oh, I don't think that's good. No, no, you're getting it all wrong. No, you're not writing it well. So. I thought, um, wow, since I can't write fiction, maybe I should try not to share it. Um, so then I came into this field and, and a chance conversation with a friend. Uh, she wanted to write a book. I wanted to say, why, why don't you just write the book? What the book? And, and then after I finished writing it, I met a woman who was once a, a Christian pastor that became a Buddhist nun. And then now she's lives a very interesting life. She was just saying, pick up that damn book and publish it. And so, yeah, so so that's how the book in outcome came about. Thank you, Susan, the, that woman who told me to pick up that book and publish it. Okay. I see, I see. I see. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that's the, the background story of how you how the book actually came about. All right, so without a push, maybe we don't have this very interesting book in outcome already. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yes. I think it's. Uh, I think when you are prepared, uh, or, you know, success. They they always say is a intersection of preparedness and opportunity. So I prepared the book, and mm. then I didn't. I didn't. Not sure what to do with the book, and then somebody came and just said, "There is an opportunity. Go fun for it." which I did and so this came out which again I had no idea my own life was going to pan out this way yeah alright alright so personally I mean as I prepare for this interview I kind of like flipped through I do not know maybe some two over 100 pages worth of uh 
content and uh, the book is actually quite uh, it's actually very suitable for beginners because uh, it's not too technical it's not like mm-hmm. very it's not very heavy in terms of uh, content but it's actually very lively in terms of uh, experiences especially life experiences the emotional aspects to 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 finances and all this kind of stuff which which is actually quite enjoyable uh, as a reader Thank but you. here we are gonna just <laughs> that's why that's why that's why I want, just want to bring you bring you over and uh, maybe maybe you could actually share a little bit more a little bit more from the book itself uh, some of the key ideas mm-hmm. la. I picked up a few but of course um, these are just a general guideline but maybe later on if I if there is one or two more ideas that should be or is, or you feel that it's actually more worthy for discussion right we can always do that la. I mean to say after yeah. we have covered what has been shared over here so let's go on with the first idea which is uh, something that I find that uh, is rarely discussed by personal finance books because a lot of times uh, when it comes to budgeting right uh, everyone uh, most of the financial books they seem to actually come up with a fixed formula but the problem with people is that nobody's income is actually fixed um, everyone will have a, everyone's profile is a bit different in terms of how they make their how they make their money whether they are employed or self-employed and all this kind of stuff but you seem to actually make an effort just to highlight that hey different people different circumstances how you budget your money is going to be very different and uh, I find this actually written in chapter 3 page 101 to 113 for those of you who bought the book you can actually refer to that but anyway here um Maybe you can actually share a little bit more about why you, um, how how do you find out about these differences, and then um, yeah, maybe you can talk us through. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I, what I have experienced in my life tells me that everyone grew up with different circumstances. So, something that fits one person will not fit another, and and I marry that even into my company themes. I don't expect my people to sing the same song or to do everything that I said. But what I do want them to do is to have the same vision. How they carry that out, as long as it's practical and it's professional, that's fine. So we go into uh, people realizing that you have gone through so many things and it's all your different things that come into place that makes who you are and how you face your finances. If you have a a really easy life for you, then maybe saving is not difficult. It's like, nah, still safe. I I don't have to worry. So then the thinking is very different. But let's just look at employed versus self-employed. What is happening right now is, if you work long enough in the corporate world, um, you would probably realize that soul's thing and if you don't like it, when you have to work on weekends, it's really torturing. So a lot of young people have wised up to this. They are no longer going to be like their parents that slaved their entire life into one company that did not value them. So they want to go out and be self-employed. And there's so many gigs you can do. It's, it's amazing. Like The internet has opened up this whole thing for you. Go get it. But what happens is then, you no longer have a fixed salary. You know, humans, 
we love structure and routine. I mean, some of you will say no, but actually you do. If you imagine a baby, eh, if anyone have you had a baby, if you don't have a routine, your baby's going to be really cranky. Uh, I promise you. So, so if you think about yourself, if you don't have that routine or even the, the salary every single month that's the same, it creates a lot of stress. And I became a student. And then I started a business. And I started a startup. And then I'm now in this financial services. So, I understand that as self-employed, a different game happens in your mind. One month it could be 1,000 or nothing. Um, in some months it could be up to 30,000. So the way that things happen for you is no longer like, a, okay, 70, 20, 10, I have to uh, live on 70% on my important present life. I save 10% for my future life and 20% for my happy life. Things that makes you happy. When you're self-employed, most of us don't put any money in EPF. I mean, that's not mandated. So no one's doing it for you. You've got to do it yourself. When you have to do something yourself, it's like, oh my God, so much fun. Have you managed this man? No need. And when that happens, you, you've just removed a stream of income for your future. You've removed a huge chunk. But it's the self-employed individual. Some of us think that, uh, don't kill me, uh. some of us think, Stand employment. I'm going to be self-employed. But I'm going to earn so much more money. When I'm going to be free, yes, you are more free to work more. Like sometimes I won't even finish work when it's 12 midnight last night. I was still talking to my consultant. He's talking to me. So, we suddenly find out we have to do everything. Be self-employed. From the the sales uh, to the marketing or to the administration to everything you do everything the one kind of thing it's an employee you just do one thing and one thing it's a very silo and you keep doing it so that you're very efficient self-employed you still need to do so many things and then you are no longer efficient you don't have time to even think about your finances and you're so stressed one month this much the other month a lot what do you do so my book talks about the fact that you've got to iron out your, your yearly salary uh, income, sorry, your yearly income, so to be an average. So if maybe one month you do 1,000, one month you do 30,000, you average it out, it's about 7 or 10. Try to budget your life within 5, 5K. You imagine every month you only have 5K and then you work on it. Any excess is easy for you. Otherwise, you will be really stressed out. And the other thing about, about self-employed, you have to devote of a lot more money into your financial future than the employed. The employed has 23% into their EPS every single month, 12% by their employers and 11% by them. How many of us without EPF can amass that kind of money? I don't know. Ian, do you have a clue? Not a, not a, not a clue, not a clue. Maybe you have the stats. Stats, <laughs> but from people I, I notice about talking to people is that they just don't, they don't put money away. I, I've spoken to some uh, entrepreneurs and they find it incredibly difficult because sometimes they're just eating peanut butter and bread. Mm. So, um, so, so it becomes even more important for you to manage your money because you. You, it's just out of patience. So, 
being aware of that self helps you. That's the first thing. Being aware when you're self-employed, you are more vulnerable. You become more fragile because the government is not taking care of you or your employer is not taking care of you. The government manages the employer to put money away, 23%. So when you're self-employed, you put and just just a figure, you can start with 1%, but you should go onwards to 33 30 if that looks easy for you. So it's a self-employed, you can't get away with just saving 10%. You have to do more and it's about 30%. And that's very painful for a lot of people. They go up. Don't put it off easy. You chose this path. You chose this path. It's harder for me. We have to put things away. We must be stronger. That's just how it is. So if anybody is thinking, maybe 30%. How are you going to do that? That's up to you and your partner and your children and your, maybe your financial consultant. Mm. Uh, yes. See. That, that, that's my, my take. Do you have any questions? Uh, yes. I mean, they, I do not know. Maybe in my circle of friends, there are a lot of uh, self-employed people. And typically mm. for self-employed people, the funny thing is that um, although the income is actually not regular like for example like just now what you have mentioned some months you are on a low month some months are on a high month but then the thing is that when you have a a few subsequent high months maybe five or six very very high months whereby you are making five figures it's like 10 20 30 or something like that your confidence goes up (laughs) and then uh, you kind of like spend more you know because now you are now you are the next um, because sales is coming in so now you are thinking that you are infallible you are untouchable so you tend to spend more during this time so do you have that moments and uh, how do you actually manage that kind of emotion if you really want to save money because sometimes when you make so much right you feel like oh you're superman man I think the employee also have this kind of feelings when they have a big bonus and the company is doing well. Um, I can almost guarantee you that if let's just say they had a, a 10% increment, uh, mm-hmm. the the next year or the next month, their, their expenses grow by that amount. Suddenly, and then they find that, oh, I cannot live below this. But this is human nature. And I think understanding human nature is very important, right? You, when a trend goes up, like the stock market, you think it's going to go up forever. When your salary goes up, you you have a boost of your your ego or your or your confidence, and you mm-hmm. think that my income, whether self-employed or employed, is going to go up forever until I retire. And I like to talk about one part of the book that I I think I read. Uh, really interesting article in the face. It's by a man called Arthur C. Brooks and he wrote this article called Why Your Professional Decline is Coming Much Faster Than You Think. I repeat, Why Your Professional Decline is Coming Much Faster Than You Think. And uh, Arthur, Arthur Brooks went on to write other books but, uh, about with him and Oprah Winfrey so you can check it out. But the gist of this article says that there are two things that happens in your life as you grow. 
So you start off with incredible fluid intelligence. Two types of intelligence. The fluid intelligence. That happens typically in your uh, 20s to your 40s, where your brain is able to, to move very quickly. And then, so works that demand that kind of, of, of attention, uh, like maybe being an engineer, designing a product, being a fast-paced consulting work, like you can do that because you are still wired to be fluid. When you get fifties, some people is even late forties. Some people is at least sixties, right? It really depends. But I think by fifties, uh, your brain changes its shape, and your intelligence instead of fluid becomes crystallized. It's called crystallized intelligence. You could go and Google that, and and that's just brain wants to do something else. If you function, you are going to go down a, a, some kind of hole. It's great. So what happens to people, like for example, a CFO? Ah, he's doing all the, the work and managing a lot of people. What happens is he becomes irrelevant to the workplace. His ideas are whole and arcade. He's no longer part of the changing landscape. He can't cope anymore. I don't know, some of you in this, uh, finding it, yeah, I'm finding it hard cool. So maybe what he should have done instead is to be a lecturer where everything that he's learned is, and he wants to start teaching, you will find, you know what, something you say, it's all people It's time to be Because, you know that? They are not, mom, 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 mom. It's because their brain is crystallized. They, they want to teach, they want to impart what they learn to the next generation. So if you find fighters and you some of the people I talk to, they can't. They end up being fired from their jobs, removed, um, retrenched. So please understand that this might happen. When you understand that this might happen, you don't look so cocky in your younger days. You realize this is gonna happen. You're gonna go home one day, you're gonna be sick one day. I'm not putting process on you guys, but just look at stats. Data is very important. What's the data saying about when we're going to die, when we're going to fall sick? So when we, when we think about truth, and, and the earlier we realize it, we stop putting money away for those types. Some of us may not be able to put money away because we are bottom feeders, meaning we don't earn a lot of money. But I think a lot of people that are on caseylau.com are middle income. People that are trying to make sense in this world with regards to money and income. And so understanding truth that's coming for you and now, like 20 years earlier, is going to help you greatly. So, so I couldn't really, really find truth when I was young and then again when I was in my early 40s. Oh no, not really 40s. Yes, uh, well, thereabouts. And then that helps me great. So my my experience has helped my clients or the people that talk to me plan a little better. You just need to plan a little better. And it's actually not rocket size. Yeah. yeah that's, that's that's for me about that. Alright. So I guess the whole gist about this budgeting thing is to always have a buffer, lah. never to be under or overconfident. But um, it's just to have a sense of awareness that things might could happen all right and no one is actually immune for it so always have a buffer all right regardless of your profile or if you yeah. can have buffer please have a buffer if you can't then try to earn the extra to have that buffer all right so now we yeah. 
move on to the next idea let's see what we are gonna have ah yes so this could be a way for a lot of people to have some buffer I mean to say uh, this is something that I picked up from page 132 where you talk about the coffee matching system of course you give two tables the first one is the coffee matching system without any return on investment the other one with a 10% ROI so maybe you can actually explain to our audience what exactly is this coffee matching system how does it work mm. and what are the benefits for using this system when it comes to building wealth yeah so what happens is a lot of us can't function without coffee uh, if this is a live audience i would say more than half of you put up your hands if i say who drinks uh i drink um uh, so even time in my offices the free coffee machine and the person making coffee for us and sells that to us so that's how much that everyone loves coffee uh, so I thought, why don't? So what happens? There's a book called uh, uh, by David. There's a man called David who wrote about something called, called the latte factor, and it's about saying those coffees that you spend on, uh, you should stop uh, because that's a lot of money. I mean, to me, it's a lot. Of Some of us drink a few times a day, so that's a lot. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, you punish yourself all the time. Uh, if you're going to be enjoying yourself, so seek that enjoyment with your future. So, if Amelia now likes coffee, uh, or Ian now likes coffee, I'm sure that Ian in the future likes coffee too. So, you want to buy that coffee. So, why don't we make something happy in our lives and then project that for the future? So, let's just say you spend 10 ringgit on coffee every day. Okay? So, that's about. 70 ringgit a week, about 300 ringgit a month, and we save that for 40 years. And I will have to buy 40, uh, you will have 144,000. Now, that is if you don't invest. 144,000. Because let's say you start really early, you retire, and you take that money out and you buy a car. Who says cars live forever? They don't. In your retirement, you might need to buy one. And why 40 years? Uh, because anybody heard of Warren Buffett? Uh, yeah, yes. He's like this really old man in Omaha, who is um, who has been investing for a very very long time. He, he has a company called Berkshire Hathaway, and he is so freaking wealthy. And a lot of us wonder why, or maybe don't even bother thinking why. But it's just that he is so wealthy. But did you know, most of his wealth happened. Just oh, is that good being old? Yes, if you started very early like he did, he started 10 years old. All the time of saving and investing, and at 80, he's worth billions and billions now. Okay, forget it, we are not going to read that. Most of us won't. Um, some of us here listening might get left. Um, but what we try to infer from that is that you start early. And you start investing. So what happens with this coffee money that you've invested instead of just putting it in zero or running uh, stone because the more system you can go you know whatever, okay? You will just invest uh, try investing. I'll talk to a, a financial consultant and this invest 
your 10 ringgit a day, growing at 10% per annum, is going to give you not 144,000. You add another zero in effect. It's actually 1.6 million. This is how Warren Buffett gets so wealthy. We need to understand that. Oh, but there's a whole story about investing that is really difficult. Uh, oh, they don't make money, this, this, that. Uh, but we're not going to talk about it now. But it's an idea that when you drink your coffee, you must also let your older self drink that coffee. Maybe it's not coffee there, maybe it's not, maybe it's something else. But you still need money for this. So, what do you can drink it a day? Make sure it's not in zero percent, make sure it's five percent, make sure it's seven percent, make sure it's ten percent. That changes your outcome tremendously. Okay, yeah, that's that's the coffee matching system. Alright. Okay, so I just have one question on this is um you know the way you put it like you you have the timeline uh, one year, five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years. All right. And the coffee matching system seems to be more substantial um, at the latter years, like the 15, 20, 30 years onwards. But for so many of us, especially maybe the younger generation, 30 years is a long time. Leh. I mean to say... Yeah. Um, but the first few years doesn't seem the difference doesn't seem to be very meaningful or substantial. So what's your so what's your take on this? Uh, when we are young, sometimes we think time passes really slowly, and that's true. Maybe because you're bored. Um, I would just say for me, it feels as though it was just yesterday. There was this bright-eyed 16-year-old okay maybe not so bright-eyed maybe bright-eyed because I was crying because my mother was dying um, maybe 26 years old I remembered sitting across the colleague who was 33 years old and she was crying because she lost her baby we lost as in she had a miscarriage and I was thinking to myself at 26 that oh my goodness she's so old Today I'm obviously not 33. I'm, I'm, I am uh, going to be senior citizen. I'm possibly going to get some free. I don't know what stuff that the government gives. Uh, it's really very quick. So we play, we play games with our lives. We either play the short game or you play the long game. You decide. Uh, a lot of us are very, very anxious to get to wealth quickly. I think there is there are possibilities to getting to wealth quickly but there's also something you need to set up for yourself for in case that does not work right uh, there are many many people being burned getting into scams going to businesses with partners they have no idea what it's like having children and no idea what is it like financially no idea how hard that is to be able to face an impending getting a job retrenchment and seeing your baby just born watching your business go bust in your first child just came out. Um, these stories I hear and my, my, my time as a consultant for many of these people who so willingly share their beautiful and painful stories to me. And uh, 
So you know, we play the long game. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, you keep the person on the other side. That's you again, much older and feebler and weak. Use your vitality and your youth to take care of the person. I start yes because we. If you've grown up in a very lovely environment where your parents love you, and you have enough food on the table and and enough pocket money, taking care of your future is something far, far away. And uh, sometimes it takes the disaster to keep you. There's nothing with experiencing things firsthand. You can hear my stories, but it's just secondhand, and it's not close to your heart. But you know, um, um, when do when do wills and uh, insurance get purchased or bought or written? Is when a loved one dies or gets hit by an illness because that's so close to you. Maybe that's some of the journey that we will face. We will have to face before we wake up. And I have to face before I wake up. Everything I say to you, I say to myself. If it's rude, it is also the things I say to myself. We are creatures that just don't wake up until it happens to us. That, that's just how it is. So, goodness, uh, did I even answer the question, Ian? Uh, yes, I mean to say it's good that you are being very personal. I mean, I mean to say, uh, yeah, felt that you are really real in this in this in this thing here after all i mean there's always it's like um we always can have the coffee matching system it's actually just a system and the yeah. math is actually pretty simple so that's yeah so i mean to say that's that's just the finance part but but you have bring the personal part <laughs> uh, the personal part that's important yeah. I, I just want to maybe take a little bit off here because um, we are humans, which means we are incredibly emotional. And a lot of people, especially men, when we use the word emotional, they're like, oh, so I don't want to deal with an emotional person. But think about it logically. You are actually highly irrational. And people hate me for saying this. But we are ruled by our emotions, most of us. Uh, you, you mean you never got angry? You didn't get irritated by that person that you off this morning? Or or that your alarm went off in the morning and you got you didn't have to wake up? Why is emotions? And the faster we understand and become more granular in our emotions, meaning I can identify, I can identify these emotions, I'm upset because of what happened, the faster you're able to get out and be more rational. Yeah, mm. And that is also the secret to working towards your own financial health and wellness so 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 money is emotional uh we can't live ourselves so the more the stronger we are in terms of our emotions uh and, and understanding that the better our money is gonna be uh even earning it and keeping it and growing it so wow uh, also to that in Right. Yeah, thank you so much, Amelia. I think let's move on to the next idea that that we have in mind. Huh. Maybe this is something that all of you should be <laughs> or most of most of the people will be like, oh, okay, what's this what's this all about? Alright. Um now we are moving into the investment part of the book. Okay. So this is actually chapter five, page one four six, whereby you started to actually share about 
the financial aims, investment portfolio. Okay, so you wrote about this, and uh, maybe you just want to explain your your side from your side, the investment philosophy that you are actually taking. Um, what sort of strategy is it? Then uh, what's the ultimate outcome? Yeah, the book outcome from this uh, investment portfolio. <laughs> so, so typically, when people in think about investment portfolios, they think about the usual things like where do I put my money? Which geographical zone will I be in? Would it be global? Would it be Asia? Would it be Malaysia? Would it be, um, you know, which is some other goodness parts of the world I think is really happening? Is it China? Because it's so bloody long right now. Sorry for cursing. Um, you're still thinking about things like should we be in bonds or should I do more equity? So people, when they think about investment portfolios, that's what they think about. I mean, you have to think about those. Those things are to be discussed with your finance, the person that's helping you manage your money, your investment consultant, or your financial planner, or your financial services consultant. But I'm thinking something a little bit more on the mental state of the person when he's coming to your investment. So the financial, I call it financial aims, uh, because it's, it's very much tied to your goal. So what's very important is to figure out what is this portfolio for? And the answer is not to make more money. Who doesn't want to make more money? Everybody wants to make money. Your consultant one doesn't want you to make less money because it is not in his interest to do so. He'll lose you as a client. Okay? So, I mean, I was just want to say, please appreciate your consultant if they have been very faithful to you. Um, and listen to all the things that you've been complaining about over the years that you have with them. So, the goal is very important. And then there are three things that are actually tied to your behavior and to your mental uh, state when it comes to your money. So, number one, uh, two, uh, however, aims, aggressiveness, how aggressive you are in your portfolio. Do you want to be aggressive? If you are, you say, I want to be aggressive, you have to take a very it's not all roses, you know. There are many times when a partner wants to smack you and not his people. You have arguments. So you expect them in your portfolio. Not they're going to argue back with you. But the fact that I want to have my return is I have to stomach negatives. Big negatives. I can't do that. I'm not actually aggressive. A lot of people tell me I want to make more money, but they just don't understand that, no, actually maybe they refuse to because it's the same. I want to start a business. More money is the best way to make more money is to go into business, but businesses go fast. Same with the investments you're in. Some of the investments inside your portfolio don't do well because the underlying assets of the companies that are in them might go fast, right? So, if you're in Magnificent Seven right now, like all the tech stocks, uh, Facebook, etc., you know, one of them can go fast if there is a legislation that says you can't do something they might just die off. So, being aggressive means you must be able to take the ups and the downs. And what then comes to the next A is all for is aggressiveness and then the action you take. So, it's action. So, if it goes down, what do you do? Do you believe that the funds that you are in, even in stocks and some other things come in here, you might have lost, for example. Or, but if you're in a basket of funds, uh, companies, then perhaps what you need to be doing is it's possibly relatively cheap right now. In fact, some of the zones, for geographical zones, are dirt cheap. Do you believe that they will grow and rise like the dragon over time? 
then you continue to pump money in. What actions do you take? Do you do nothing to your portfolio? Do you invest further or do you take out? All that will have repercussions into your financial future. I don't really have time to talk about what that means, but if you let one bad experience scar you, for example, you start dating and you find that all oh, the women are crap. Oh no, maybe I should say the other way. You start dating, you find all the men are crap and you say to yourself, I'll never date again. You might meet someone who's really wonderful down the line. Yeah, so in the same way with investing, if you stop investing and you just put money into your bank account that just sits at almost zero, you gotta, you gotta just, your option is then to work really, really hard to earn really much more money than somebody who stays invested and stays uh, sober and sane and understand how money works. So the action is very important. Do you put in more money into something that's going to grow well over a long term? They might not do well over short term, not long term. The last one is attitude. What's your attitude towards your investment portfolio? Is it one of, oh my goodness, this is a privilege for me to do. I am privileged to be able to invest in so many people. I will be careful with where I'm putting this money, but I will be happy to talk to someone about it, to discuss about it, uh, to even turn sour, what do I do? So I, I have this example about buying the same thing and you have a very different outcome. And it's about houses. And these are real experiences because these are my colleagues. I'm so sorry, happy to put you guys in. But I won't name names. So two people in my company bought the same property in the same apartment. No, I mean, not the same unit. They bought the same thing in the same apartment. But the outcome of both of them completely different. Um, person number, Mr. Uh, Say Sally. Sally invested She's got really upset because every month has to put money in and nothing is happening. The project just got delayed. She complained and complained and complained and she's like, oh my goodness, you can listen to her. And she says, hey, right. Um, property after it's done. The other person who sits very close to me is like, oh, it's delayed, right? Yeah, I got more money to save for renovating the apartment later and then we'll see how that goes. So when the property came to pass, one person sort of even lost. And uh, the other one decided to take the money she's managed to save, renovate the place a little bit, rented it out. And then many, many years later, she's managed she to the bad property prices and uh, she managed to sell the profit plus the rental and all that. So this is an attitude when it comes to your portfolio. It's one of negativity or is it one of positivity? Do you believe this portfolio is going to take you through? If you do, and you pay attention to it, like you would baby, you would project something that you love, likelihood is going to give you great returns. So this is what I'm trying to say when you're talking about your portfolio. What do you do with it? So it's the, the games, the aggressiveness, the continuity, and the attitude that you have towards your portfolio. Yeah, back to you, Ian. Well, wow, very, very well said. I guess um, it's time for me to just, I mean to say, of course, we, we got a lot more to say when it comes to investment, but uh, guys just want to recommend you to read the book because uh, not going to give you a, too much spoilers when it comes to the investment part. But I guess we can actually move on to the next one, uh, the next idea, which I think is something which is more closer to your heart. Maybe because... 
uh, so for so for me personally, I'm a big believer of um, insurance. All right, not so much about just insurance, but of course, if you can actually write yourself a will, do that. If you can set up a trust for your own family, also do that. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's about being. So it's about. It's not just about the offensive, which is about the investment part. It's sometimes it's also about the defensive, whereby it's about right, right. being financially unbreakable or immunity, lah. Let's put it that way. All right. And this one okay. is immunity. Okay. But um, from my perspective, um, of course. As one who is a, of course, when I buy insurance, I buy. I mean to say, based on the guidelines of uh, what my insurance agent actually told me. If let's say that something happened, let's say you are diagnosed with a certain illness, total permanent disability or death, what might happen? What will be the outcome? And therefore, you need the amount of. Therefore, this is the amount of sum assured that you need for uh, all these kind of eventualities. But then, for you, um, you came from another angle whereby you actually went through it. <laughs> so um, maybe could you actually share with us from your perspective because you mentioned that in your book that you kind of like survived cancer. So how is it like? Um, what's your perspective of all these insurance matters? And yeah, I mean maybe you can actually expound to us more when it comes to all these kind of. Stuff, uh, should hmm. we be overly concerned about this, or should are we doing okay when it comes to this, or should we be more mindful when it comes to these matters? Your take. I I I love this phrase, this word that I I read in a book by Nicholas Nazim Talib, and that book is literally called Anti Fragile. So uh, the word Anti Fragile is not fragile, and. Uh, he talks about how do we build our lives and our businesses and everything that's around us that's important to us to be anti-fragile. So insurance is one of those things that um, is important to have that anti-fragility. And when I say insurance, I don't mean savings plan because you get sick. That's not nothing's going to come to you uh, when you buy a savings plan. So the insurance you purchase should be very targeted towards when you fall ill. So obviously, you have a card uh, so that you can go to hospitals. Uh, but we do have fantastic hospitals in Malaysia as well. Uh, I mean, um, if you can afford uh, to purchase insurance, you should. And and I think the difficulty for most people is that tightrope that they have to walk on to decide how much so you have to look into your finances. You have to look into cash flow. How much can you devote to this incredible tool for your future? So I was very interested in building a critical illness uh, cover. So I didn't bother with this plan. I, I bought with the uh, medical part. Um, I also bothered with the critical illness. So I had quite substantial. Of course, being a financial planner helps. I help myself first, right? So when I got hit by cancer, um, uh, it's actually really you don't even realize you had like you don't really feel much pain you there is some back and for the audience to know I had colon cancer and and uh, I found out because it's blood in my stools and my doctor said that I should get a colonoscopy and if you read my book I explain a little bit of the horror I felt when 
the doctor held my hand and said that, Amelia, you likely have cancer. Uh, I have seen so many, uh, I've done so many colonoscopies and I know what it looks like. And surely for a lot of us, we can't imagine what that is like. Uh, it feels like the world has stopped. Everything just stopped. Uh, but I, I had a very different thinking in terms of how I manage it. I was very confident in the fact that I had quite a lot of insurance money. So I took that all and I decided not to walk the path of chemotherapy. I decided instead to feel my cells, my body cells, to be so strong that it would be able to fight cancer on its own. Now, I'm not saying you should be doing that because you are not me. And I read a lot, a lot of medical journals and I argued with my doctors a lot about medical journals as well. So I, my path is that I believe that my body needs to be strong enough to fight. And so I went on a path and that is an expensive path because it's not something many, many people have taken and that's not covered by your medical card. So a lot of my money has been poured into buying supplements, making sure that I live a life that is multi-pronged to take care of myself if that possible. For example, you've got to exercise, you may need to hire a trainer or you need to eat properly and your family is not eating the same food which means you've got to do a lot of stuff that's different. Sometimes I have this joke. If the woman gets cancer, she's probably going to die off because nobody in the family is going to choose to die. My friend, he had a heart problem. His wife just changed everything. Everything has to change to die for them. So uh, there's also something to think about uh, as a woman. Uh, I think it's much harder for you. So you've got to plan yourself a lot better. Uh, what else? Uh, there's so many things you've got to learn how to calm yourself. Maybe you need to hire a counsellor to deal with the issues. I, I, I went back to work. I went, I went crazy. I started a tech startup. I did more in my uh, business here in Finames uh, because I wanted to share this kind of stories to people. Uh, at the end of the day, what still matters is the amount of money you can devote to insurance. Too much is also crazy because when you're very young, the likelihood of you getting ill is not so much. Maybe you need to wait till your salary increase and then you devote more money and it's a lot easier. Don't, I'm sorry, but this baby is a little less. And that also probably has to deal with not getting too ill in the future. Yeah, so how much should you have? That is the conversation you should have with your insurance consultant, a, a good one that is cares for you rather than his own pocket. Okay, how do you find those? Uh, good luck. There are some that are really fantastic. There are some that are not well-trained. So uh, go ask them difficult questions and, and then you can, you can tell. I think your bullshit detector should be quite hard uh, by now. You've been listening to kcla.com for a long time. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so how much? Start off with uh, one year of your, your income and then build it to two, to three. And especially if you're really, really high ranking, it could be 10. Yeah, something like that. You know, at the way you need to take care of so many things, it could be many, many years. And if you have a spouse that does not work well, uh, a lot more than. Okay, I, I hope that sort of covers something. I'm talking to specifics because again, this is not one cookie cutter fits all. You have to know yourself deeply to be very successful in your financial life, especially if you're going to be doing it yourself, DIY. Okay, mm. right, that's, that's over to you, Kate. Uh, yeah.
Yeah. So as you can see here, that seems to be our our differences. Ah,、uh. I mean to say, maybe it's just between me and Casey. Ah,、uh. so we kind of like our way of thinking is a bit more like okay, it's all mathematical, logical. Say okay, how much, how much life insurance are we going to get? Okay, so we'll come up with a mathematical formula just to. Just to derive that、uh, that specific number, the magic number, and then we will just buy, we just buy our insurance or we plan our insurance towards that magic number. So that's how we think. But Amelia actually come. I mean, I really like Amelia's answer, whereby you can see that it's actually not so much about the the formula, the mathematical formula, but it's actually more something which is actually more internal, which is more. Yeah, it could、I、be mean, more. I have the magical number. Magical numbers too. I mean,、huh? but what I realized over time is people struggle. They struggle with like three years. You know, these are so little. Three years, they have to decide not to feed someone. They want to feed themselves. So、mm. I'm more, I would say, I'm empathetic of your situation. And I think as long as you do something and get somewhere, I think that's fantastic. And then you reveal yourself. And your finances every year. Do that. That's so important. And 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 you know, having someone that walks alongside with you is an、mm-hmm. amazing thing. We are not meant to live alone. We are meant to have our tribe. And go find your tribe. Go find your financial tribe. Caseylaw.com.、Uh, I mean, maybe people are repeating each other.、Uh, they know each other already for some reason. If you met face to face, need not for each other. Hey, you buy your insurance idea? Why you idiot? Is it not you buy? You know, like that to each other, be that strength、mm. for each other.、Mm. Okay. So I mean to say, we have a few more questions before the Q and A. So guys, if you have There's any, there's no time really. Uh, no, I mean to say, we still have a few more, but then、uh, mm. just to prep up uh all our audience that the、uh, Q and A is. Up and coming. So if you have any, don't wait until the end. We're gonna cover a few more. But then, if you have any questions, just straight away post it in the Q and A box because we are receiving some questions already. So do that, and let's move on to the next one. Oh, it's actually the final one. So this is actually towards the end of the book, whereby planning our finances. Should we do it ourselves, or what are the Or should we actually engage a financial planner?、Um, or should we actually engage I do not know who a financial consultant? Are they the same planners, consultants, DIY?、Uh, Navigate.、Okay. Uh, I I, I want to ask.、Um, do Do you guys know how many doctors there are in Malaysia? I I, I promise there is a reason. Does anybody know? Is anyone putting a chat out there? How many doctors there are in this country? Ah.、Uh, Do I see any answers? I don't know, but I guess you read a lot of medical <laughs> journals. I guess you will know, but I think I do I, know. I let you know. There are、yeah. about in Malaysia. There's about seventy to eighty thousand doctors. Wow! People so, like me, financial planner, only one thousand five. <gasps> They're not enough of us to go around. So, should you hire a financial planner? Maybe not enough to go around. You probably can't even find one.、Uh, I mean, you can.、Uh, you just Google. But there are a lot more、uh, financial consultants out there that are very well trained, 
that can actually take you through these money matters as well. I mean, my team, we, we have that. Not all of us are financial planners. Uh, some of us are financial consultants because it takes a really long time to be a financial planner. Mm, years of study, then it, and then you have to be uh, uh, a securities commission. I have to like, make sure that you're all okay. And it's, 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 it's hard. So there are financial consultants. There's a lot more of them out there. And then they can take you through to planning a finance system. So what I realized, um, DIY, I mean, ask yourself this question. Do you get to a better body, physical body, better by yourself or if there's a personal trainer? Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, this is a simple question. Do you get to better health if your partner cooks for you healthy food or you cook yourself? Or you, no, you won't cook. You'll just go outside. So this kind of questions is the same answer that if you engage someone who knows more about money than you and who's gone through so many clients that been there, seen that and all that, they are able to help you more than yourself. But the other question I ask is, why do you work? Well, you're already so busy at work. Do you want to DIY? I mean, if, if, if you're not so busy at work, it's DIY. And some of us like myself, love so much DIYing that I became financial planner. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of Korean. Join our team. Um, some of us really like interest and to space across DIY. But some of us find it really hard. We're very stretched. We're very tired. Then engage a financial consultant or a financial planner to help you out. Why is it so important? That accountability, someone to ask you, hey, have you started emergency money? Have you started saving regularly? Have you reviewed what your portfolio is doing? And the other, the other good thing is it's really personalized. It's you, you and nobody else. You might hear other people's stories, but it's custom to you. And, um, and I would say somebody just problem, problem is nothing is free. Just, um, can you please uh, call a QR code and then us? I mean, you know, contact my company. Hmm. Um, we can have a discussion on stuff. Like we are really interested to get clients who are really interested in managing their money and work with us. Of course, if you're interested in managing and don't want to work with us, then please don't come, don't watch us. Okay. Uh, but uh, we try to give objective advice. Uh, some of us probably slap our clients and have arguments with them. I'm, be frank. I think a very good relationship is one that's marked with truth, and each other must be able to take that truth for us to move forward. Right. Uh, there's also the whole drama of taking care of your investments. There are tons of investments out there. If you're going to take two, three hours to understand one, that's what, don't know how many hours. I would say that's probably half every weekend. Half of the year, every weekend is gone. Just understanding this investment. Would you rather not exercise, spend time with your loved ones and all that? So there is a difference between torturing yourself engaging someone even though it's not free i mean you you to go to a restaurant i know it's not free so if some of you are really can't strap then maybe please read read reading the book it's not that expensive it's almost 50 we get 49 and sometimes it's still and then don't post if you want a diy and you'll find along the way you might need somebody to help you out but for those who have no time busy working executive please please engage people because you know you don't even clean your own house. I'm not saying I'm the maid. I'm saying that I help with the finances or my team with the finances. And 
doing something long term, you always need a buddy. So that's that's my my take. Of you can do both. There is never a right or wrong. There's always what's best for you. Hmm. All right. Very well said. So I guess we covered most of the ideas that have been covered in the book, which is in outcome manage your income and achieve great financial outcome by Amelia Hong. So this. So there are a few places where you can actually get the book. Number one is actually the phenames.com website, which is、um, owned by Amelia Hong or her company itself. So you can actually go to phenames.com/slash-in-outcome-book, and then therefore you can actually grab a copy of her book, or you can actually go through the publisher's website, which is acepremier.com.、Uh, You slash in outcome. There you go. That's another place where you can actually buy the book, or you can just drop by pop like myself. I just went to popular bookstore, or you can go to MPH. I do not know whether Kino Kunia has it. If it has, then、uh, I think so. Yeah, but that is 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 just is just in the past. All right. So if I mean to say it, it's. Um, I'm a popular member, so I get it at a discount, ten percent discount.、Mm-hmm. Retail is actually forty nine ninety, so I got it for forty four because I'm a popular member. So,、uh-huh. yep, it's a it's. I mean to say, it's a very nice, easy to actually, easy to consume, easy to understand kind of book, and it actually covers the gist of personal finance and everything. So you can actually grab the book. Highly recommend it. Ah,、uh, so go grab yours and right now. Let's um and now let's uh let's address some of the questions that have been asked by our audience for today. So if you have any questions, just feel free to put yours into the Q and A box. All right, let's start with let's start off with the first question, which is by Jessica Mock. So Jessica Mock would like to know, she would love to hear your journey about how to publish a book. Um, is it possible? And she asked, "Is it possible to connect? Maybe we are looking at a future, a possible future author, huh? Yeah, Amelia, how do you publish a book? You want me to answer that question? Ah,、uh, how to write a book? Start with a manuscript.、Mm-hmm. You have to have an idea, and the idea is has not to、uh, not be half-baked. Ah,、uh, you have to have a manuscript first before you can publish, because they're going to wanna." They're going to want to、uh, see the manuscript before they publish you. So I I suggest writing, spending weekends away. Just first you put one in Malaysia. The Malay word is ada rangka. Ini macam balik bahasa pelajar bahasa. Ah、uh, rangka. Then you let it isi isi dalam, and then you you read. You must enjoy reading your own. Or ask some people to critique it for you. Yeah, I think that that is the start. It's just that idea, and then putting that framework down, and then just fleshing it out.、Uh, the, my book took me about a year to write, and then another year to edit. So that is the journey that I went through. Yeah, connect. Please、uh, uh, go to my website. My QR code is there. Just <laughs> yes. Alright. Okay. So cool.、Uh, maybe next question. Yes. Before the next question, Randall would like to know. Can you let potential investors or clients or or associates where to find you and your team for consultation? So with that, I'm just gonna 
Um, I'm gonna just unshare this, and uh, what we are gonna do is gonna show you where to find your website. So it's actually Fin Aims. Okay lah. Let's just pretend that I I haven't actually browsed through Phoenix, so uh Yeah, I mean in my website at Phoenix Beautiful it's it's short for financial aims. So Fin Aims has a QR code there and then, then you can get to our office. And uh Yes, you can let us a chocolate box there somewhere. Sorry. You can just there there's a there's a chat there. Chat box. Feel free okay. to ask questions, you can just uh, uh, click start chat and you can chat and then you can talk to us or uh, we have QR codes inside that links you to our, our number and then we can start having conversations yes right so we have all kinds of stuff and yep that's Amelia and her team and, actually uh, that's a part of my team is this support <laughs> part of your team yes yeah yeah no, not everybody okay yeah so okay so yeah you can connect with all these we have uh, whatsapp instagram linkedin yeah just just connect this it's quite easy okay so, yeah thank you so thank you for like... that uh for that randall uh yeah once you connect to us you just let us know what you need whether it's a conversation or you need to find a consultant that can talk to you about the state of your investments right now we are available yeah okay so, Thank you. So, uh, any no. other questions? Yes, of course. So that is done. That is done with. Now let's let's move on to Kennedy's question. Kennedy Buddha. Kennedy. So in the Q and A box, so I'm gonna just read to you. How do you stay invested for the long term? Let's say thirty years, and keep ourselves motivated to stay invested despite all the market fluctuations. Are there any investment products that fit the bill to keep ourselves stay invested and still enjoy consistent return in Malaysia? Yes, there is EPF. But remember I said earlier about we're playing the long game. We are gonna stay alive for so long. So I'm gonna ask the questions. How do you stay motivated to stay alive for so long? Uh, we do one thing at a time and you need mm. to understand yourself a lot mm. uh, to be able to do something consistently for the long term there is no getting past it that's the fast stuff understanding yourself and your emotions when it comes to money so you say stay invested despite the market fluctuations for me you are facing emotional turmoil when the market goes up and down which means you find it hard when it goes down you're like panicking this is bloody stupid and as well never invest again but you know you can going through all this is the reason I can do that is because I understand markets in the history of the US you're looking at s there are a lot more bull markets than bears Bull means going up, bear means going down. The average market grows per annum about 11 to 12% per annum on an average basis, not, not in any one year. For the last 30, 40 years, for the average investor, 
only earns 3.9 when they invest. Now, what is that gap? That gap between 12% and 3.9% is called non uh, is called emotional intelligence gap when it comes to finance. Financial emotional intelligence. You don't have that. That is what happens to people who does not have the financial emotional intelligence. They don't understand that over the long term, the market is going to keep going up beyond its peaks. Maybe one day we'll have a huge disaster. That's a different thing, and the market crash forever. In which case, your money is also useless in your bank account, right? Um, so understanding data, understanding your emotions is very important to stay that that long period. Like I, I, I have been through two financial crises, and people behave the same way. So I try to not behave the same way as other people. So when it's very, very terrible, I consider that an opportunity. And unfortunately, that's very difficult for people. When we see red, we see blood, we run away. How do we train ourselves when we see blood to get in? It's it's what with a, a heart that's open and talking to people who has been doing that. I mm. have a client really fantastic. Uh, I'm not saying please don't do this, but um, uh, he was on the channel anyway. Uh, every time China goes down, he's buying more. But this is not for everybody. Please don't do this. You cannot survive the aftermath of the emotions you feel and you see. Sorry. So how do we do we feel better about that? So um, let's buy something moderate. Uh, but if you want to invest, you must still need that. You want your money to work more than what EPF is giving you. You have to get out. You have to take your money to invest. Take your EPF money to invest or your cash. Cash gives you more options anyway. Uh, EPF uh, list of funds is very small. Uh, and, and invest and then buy something that's more Start up with something that gives you five percent. Maybe no bonds. You can't can't take it your cash. You just go into bonds. That's quite stable over time. Uh, uh, maybe not ASEAN bonds, Asian bonds. Okay, maybe Malaysian bonds. Are, are bonds are fantastic. They are quite highly rated if you're looking at triple A. You know, and and they're very very stable. So try it with that. And then when you get braver, you go into mixed assets funds. Something that has a little bit of equity and a lot of funds. And then you keep going as you grow stronger in your journey, and you can go into all equities. Really up to you. So that conversation is something to be had with the person that's handling funds. I can talk all day. We don't want to do. It. I'll come for my seminar. Please wait. Okay, maybe next mm-hmm. question. Yes, a related question by We Kong Bong. We would like to. We actually posted a question as followed. I have two investment portfolios, one managed by a financial planner, the other self-managed. Currently, the self-managed one is doing better, mostly due to my financial planner insisting to continue exposure to China. Hmm. I'm a bit confused by this question. Okay, now my, can I instruct him specifically to leave out China investment until the market recover? Mister Wee, you are the boss. 
yes, you can instruct him to leave China until the market recovers. But I think he has a reason for that. Um, uh, uh, personally, I sedang mempertahankan my assets in China, uh, meaning I'm still in China. But for my clients that are uh, more uh, susceptible to price going down or feeling the pain, I move them out. Uh, but right now, if you've been watching, I guess you've been watching, China is really terrible right now in terms of really very low. And the, the, the answer, and I, I'm on this, um, I'm watching for the next few months because there's this really fabulous article uh, in Bloomberg about now is the time for China flashing back. What does that mean? Uh, we're in an inter- interesting environment where the earnings of the stocks is um, more than 5.5% of the yield of the bonds. So bond yield is about 2.8 and uh, the stocks is about 8 and that's um, 5.5% difference yeah. and there are five times in the market that this has happened and with and when that happens uh, in within three months to 12 months the market goes up on an average of 57 percent some more some less you can go read that article uh, so the question to ask yourself is that do you want to exit at the lows if you believe that in China is going to slide down even more badly then maybe that's something to consider I would say maybe watch for a little while with your financial planner. There's surely a reason why he wants to do that. Perhaps he didn't articulate it enough uh, to the reasons. Uh, again, my, my, my advice should be taken with uh, caution because you are not me. I'm an aggressive investor and I, I love it when the market's green. But a lot of people cannot do that. And when it does not turn red, it does it doesn't turn black. In the next few months, you might be really really upset. So, global markets are doing fantastically right now. Um, you could go there. You could go to Malaysian bonds. It's all really very uh, comfortable. Uh, the Malaysian bonds. So again, uh, Mr. Wee, that's very much up to you. Yeah. All right. I can see then John is asking where can, I can purchase the book. Uh, yeah, we've already seen that in front. Yeah, it's on the screen. So, <laughs> so these are the places where you can grab a copy of the book. So, yeah, yep. Yeah, you I hope I answered Mister Wee somehow. Mm. Yep, yep, sure. Uh, you did answer, uh, Mister Wee. And, and then, like, uh, your guess, portfolio uh, is doing well because you didn't have China. You're probably more exposed to global and that has been fantastic. If you've been in tech, it's even better. It's an amazing year for tech last year. Okay. Yes, next question. Leads us to the final question of the day by Paul Naden. Hi, Amelia. I am about to close a property deal. Looks like he's a real estate negotiator or an agent. And the commission, the profit, is about 50000 Ringgit, wow! I would like to invest a huge chunk of these funds. Where do I suggest I invest? So he has capital, but no idea what to do. No idea mm. where to. So, oh. so you're not gonna you're not gonna like my answer. Uh, my answer is first you gotta decide whether you're an aggressive investor or not. Or first, what is your goal? How aggressive you're gonna be? What kind of action will you take when the market goes down and the kind of attitude you want to put towards your investment? Uh, um, 
hands. It's like a long thing. Um, while you don't know, well, you figure that out. Just make sure that it's just earning every single time. Go, go get someone to talk to you about that. I cannot answer this question. Yeah. Not smart. Investing or investing Asia, how you listen to podcast because it really depends on you, your personality, your money personality. Right. So, Paul, I guess uh, it's a classic example of uh, could be having a windfall, a lot of money, but you have no idea. So, the best thing to do, I, if I'm if I'm in your position, have money, no idea. The best thing is to keep your money first. Maybe you grab, maybe you just spend fifty dollars lah. Grab a copy of the book, get to know about the author first. Um, read about other investors, and then from there you see which one is more aligned to your personality and your goals. Then from there you can make a much better decision lah. After you have mm. ideas, uh, I, right? I want to. I want to maybe say something to as a caution. Bank Nagara came out with this thing. I mean, there's so many people going to scams because they're so delicious. Scams are so yummy. 15% per annum, maybe 24, maybe 30, and it's going on for years. It's really wonderful. Just take this acronym, TIPU, T-I-P-U. If the burner started to find Ruby, it doesn't really understand the end here. never lose money. Now, in that type of Europa means it's, it's like more wonderful than it seems. Thank you, Claire. Um, for a long time, for the sweet. You miss it. And untung bersa, big profit. I would say be careful because it's, it's uh, this is uh, not my kind of thing. This is my people. If anything follows this path, it's to be careful. Yeah. Always go All for right. government-sanctioned products. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm, I think, yeah, we've answered all the questions. Yes, we did. But just once again, it's actually written in your book, page 164, TIPU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all these things are also, inside Amelia's book. <laughs> no, one more, one more tip about people like me. We would never tell you uh-huh. you can make big profits. We would never say that because it's completely wrong to say. Mm-hmm. You think it's analytical to say it? Yeah, and, 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 so, and so then what happens is we are not so persuasive and uh, I beg to be frank, the others are very persuasive. So. That's just how we operate. We want to tell you the truth. I see, I see. The truth is All that right, so you see. manage your money and that's what's uh-huh. going to happen to you. Okay. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so I guess I mean to say once again, thank you so much, Amelia, for spending nearly 90 minutes with us over here Ooh. at kclaw.com. Yeah, I mean to say time flies. I mean, never thought that we have we have covered so many grounds from investments to insurance to budgeting and to 
um, the psychology part, the psychological part of uh, money management and all this kind of stuff. So once again, we'll definitely recommend Amelia's book. You can get it from all sorts of places. But now, mm-hmm. what I would like to do is to uh, give you give you a what do you call an update on what we are gonna do next week. So just give me a moment. I think we have actually lined up another speaker for next week. Oh, okay. Next week we will have PC Wong. He'll be talking about global economic outlook for 2024. So that is PC Wong. Uh, so stay tuned for our email invites for that. And uh, yes, that's it for today's interview. I mean to say, I mean, there'll be so much more to cover from Amelia. But anyway, Amelia, are there any last words of good advice, sound sound stuff that you may want to actually impart to our audience before we end today's interview so it's not something to do with what you said earlier 100% of the profits is yours 100% of the losses are yours at the end of the day we are the captain of our own ship when we take on the ship to help us get somewhere it's entirely up to you choose the people that will take you to where you want to go Anything that stops you from going to your dream is called a distraction. Okay, so take, take the book, take a wonderful financial planner on board, a wonderful lawyer, a wonderful accountant, all these people that's going to make your journey much smoother. I wish you guys all the best and success to everyone and happiness and health. Fantastic. All right, so some of you guys have already put in the chat box saying that or even the Q&A box saying that you guys are have already bought Amelia's book or going to buy thank you so much for your support thank and, you uh, and of course uh, we'll definitely love to get Amelia back sometime in the future and uh, stay tuned for our next week's webinar oh Mark Song says bought it from Shopee okay thank you so much from from uh uh, for some for your Thank support. Thank you so much for supporting. And uh, yeah, just want to wish Amelia happy Chinese New Year uh, in advance. And uh, for the rest Thank of you guys, uh, yep, happy Chinese New Year. And of and yes, Taipusum is coming up. So for those who are celebrating Taipusum, so have a good celebration ahead. Okay, so with that, let's go for lunch. Thank you, Amelia, and thank you so much, Bye. everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.